to an August 9th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Great to have you along. It's been a while, maybe a week or so since I last conversed with you. Sorry about the delay. Been a crazy, crazy week with uh, my oldest daughter going to college and uh, some other things going on. And we are getting on the cusp, though, of having real, actual news to talk about on the podcast with the Browns, the Buckeyes, and high school teams in preseason camp. Got some good news on Ohio State basketball to share with you. And it appears the Big Ten is on the verge of uh, deserting a longtime TV partner, acquiring two new ones. And maybe that will help bring into focus what the league will look like going forward with not just UCLA and USC in the league, but uh, someone else that uh, could be joining the conference, given who the TV partners appear to be. We'll get into all of that Today and more, thanks for joining us. Please send us an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com, and leave us a review on iTunes. Love a five-star review, but I'm not going to be one of those podcasters, which is to say pretty much every podcaster who says, leave me a five-star review. And if you're not going to leave me a five-star review, don't leave me a review at all. No, I want to know what you got to say. If you don't like the podcast, I want to know why. If you don't like the faith portion of the podcast, hmm, I'm not going to change it because... I'm totally convinced that's the best part of the podcast, and that's going to remain. And I try to bring you something uh, not only from my heart, but from the Word of God that I sincerely hope will be uh, of benefit to you in your relationship with Christ, uh, leading to hopefully you accepting Him as your Savior and, and, and your Lord, because everybody wants a Savior. The Lord part, mm, not as attractive to most people, but believe me, that is where true joy is found. All right, let's get into the podcast, but first a reminder, love to hear from you via PatriotSwitch.com. PatriotSwitch.com, a great way for you to basically be really intentional about where your shopping dollars are going. If you're somebody who's troubled by the fact that you may be buying products, a portion of which goes to support causes you don't support, most likely pro-abortion causes, or causes that are not in line with uh, maybe the educational perspective that you hold, then you probably shouldn't be buying your items from a big box store, an item made by one of the major American conglomerates out there that populate our shelves with 90% of their products. I'm talking about products from Procter & Gamble, from Unilever, from Nestle, from Coca-Cola. These companies are willing to be subjected to the pressure of lobbying efforts that force them to support things that will keep them from being canceled. I cannot give you the name of the company that makes and manufactures things like mouthwash, toothpaste, deodorant, countertop cleaners, toilet bowl cleaners, soap for your dishes, soap for your clothes, lotions, supplements, candles, 400-plus products, all made by an American company, a family-owned company that donates to pro-life, pro-police, pro-law enforcement, pro-America causes. They only allow me to tell you about them if you go to PatriotSwitch.com and click my name, Bruce Hooley, in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. I'll reach out via phone, via text, via email. Then we'll have a conversation. I'll tell you about it, and we'll see if it fits your family the way that it fits ours. PatriotSwitch.com, my name, Bruce Hooley, in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. All right, Ohio State football is practicing. They are number two in the country. The coaches' poll is out. Alabama is the uh, 
preseason number one. I guess that's typical. People always think Alabama is going to be phenomenal. They got the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, coming back. They've recruited well. They have Nick Saban. They play in the SEC. So if you win the SEC, you're going to be in the playoff. I get it why Alabama would be number one. There are two schools of thought on voting. You vote for the team you think is the best team, or do you vote for the team that you think will be the best team at the end of the year? There is no specific reason or uh, rationale, rather, given by the uh, different voting panels as to how you should vote. Some guys vote who they think is best that week. Some guys vote who they think will be best at the end of the year. It's kind of a predictive ranking. Well, I don't think anybody's going to beat Ohio State. They'll end up number one, so I'm going to vote Ohio State. It's not a bad logic. I don't think anybody's going to beat Ohio State. Yes, I know. They play Notre Dame in week one, and Notre Dame is fifth in this preseason poll. I think Notre Dame is ranked way too high. I don't think they'll be number uh, five at the end of the year. I think they're going to take a 24-point-plus beating in the season opener at Ohio Stadium. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just don't see Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame coming into Ohio Stadium for a season opener and beating Ohio State. Buckeyes also have Wisconsin at home. They have Michigan at home. They're on the road at Penn State. Nobody in the Big Ten's recruited like Ohio State. Ryan Day is one of the best, if not the best, coaches in the Big Ten. They're loaded on offense. He's an offensive coach. We'll see what they are on defense. But I would expect Ohio State to go undefeated, and I would expect Ohio State to play for the national championship. If they play Alabama, it'll be a heck of a game. It'll be a rematch of the championship game two years ago. I think it's much more likely Ohio State plays for the national championship than Alabama because the SEC is a much tougher league, and anybody, theoretically, anybody can re- right, rise up. Uh, rise, excuse me rise up and bite you. It's been a long time since Ohio State has lost a game in the Big Ten to the likes of the Big Ten comparable to Mississippi or to Texas A&M or to any other team that's beaten Alabama recently in a surprise result from the SEC. So that's why I say Ohio State will be in the national championship game, and I say that with uh, a great deal of certainty. Now, that said, that said, hopefully you'll see that, you know, I have great respect for Ohio State. But let me just say that the one thing that drives me crazy about coverage of Ohio State football at this time of year is the way that Ohio State um, parcels out the availability of players and coaches and the way that the Ohio State football media writes the same story every day. I don't mean they write the same story about this player every day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean that pretty much across the board on Ohio State football, everybody's Monday story is the same. Everybody's Tuesday story is the same. Everybody's Wednesday story is the same. And this week it was the offensive line coach. And oh, what a fresh breath of air he is. And a different approach and blah, 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 blah. And we've all gotten the uh, Jim Knowles is going to revitalize the defense story. And today I see a story on Cleveland.com the other part of this that drives me crazy is the homerified exaggeration of fact, which, look, I've said Ohio State recruits great, and Paris Johnson Jr. was a five-star recruit, and Dewan Jones is a big old dude who's made himself into uh, a, a svelte version of Jones came to Ohio State. But for the plane dealer to write a story, does Ohio State have the best pair of tackles in the nation? in Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones. I mean, Paris Johnson Jr. hasn't played tackle in college yet, okay? And he's playing left tackle, which is kind of an important position. But I just laugh at this, like, 
bootlick approach to covering Ohio State football as if you can't write anything when you're spoon-fed certain players on certain days. You always have to write the we're phenomenal angle. And, you know, that's I just thought that was humorous. Now, do I doubt that they could become the best tackle combination in college football? No, I don't doubt that. They have the athletic ability. I'm sure they have the coaching. The new guy, I'm sure he's great or he wouldn't have been hired. He's worked with Ryan Day before. But it's always funny to me that, you know, this guy's great until he's not. This guy's great until he's not. Al Washington was the greatest thing ever until he wasn't. You know, it was going to be the end of the world that Ohio State was going to lose Al Washington to Tennessee as defensive coordinator. And, oh, there was such rejoicing when Al Washington returned as linebacker coach. And then the linebackers didn't play well, and guess what? Al Washington stinks. Fire Al Washington. So this is, I guess, part and parcel still of college athletics. The Buckeyes, some of them are paid like pros, and yet they are not covered by pros. They are covered by an adoring press corps, and uh, I'd like to see the coverage of Ohio State be a little bit more circumspect, but it's not going to be, and uh, of that you can be certain. So what about Ohio State and the rest of the top 5-10 in football? Uh, Number three is Georgia. Georgia has six first-place votes. Ohio State had five. I can't believe that Georgia is going to be as nearly as good as it was a year ago because of, hey, I don't believe in your quarterback. Sorry, Georgia. Number four is Clemson. Mm, I don't know if I'd believe that either, although they've recruited well, had a lot of injuries a year ago. But DJ Uyunglele is going to have to be a lot better than he was a year ago at the quarterback position. Uh, as I said, Notre Dame is five. Michigan is six. They're rated way too high, way too high. Michigan is not going to be six because they're going to lose at Ohio State next to the last game of the season, so that's going to drop them down in the rankings. So that's uh, the only other teams that I really took note of, and uh, I do think that Ohio State is the most legit team. Their schedule, very friendly to them, given that Ohio Stadium is like the Roman Coliseum, and it's very hard for anybody to win there. So their toughest games are in the stadium, and I think they will breeze through most of those games. I would not expect anybody, not only will they be undefeated, I would not expect anybody to come within a touchdown of them all season long. Say, wow, you sound like the homers you were just railing against. Yes, but, but I wouldn't write that. I wouldn't extrapolate forward as if, do you think Travion Henderson is going to be the greatest running back in Ohio State history? Uh, No, because I haven't forgotten Archie Griffin, Eddie George, and a lot of other guys. So just put a little bit, pull the reins back a little bit on your homerdom team, uh, outlets that cover Ohio State. All right, to the TV side of things, the uh, Big Ten must be a great product because it is persevering through the inept leadership of Kevin Warren to the point where uh, it appears CBS, NBC, and Fox are going to be the league's new broadcast partners, which will mean that ESPN will not have a share of Big Ten uh, athletics for the first time since 1982. Woo, that's a long time. Now, the key part of this is, who gets the best games? Fox will retain the best games. Fox will retain the best games because Fox and the Big Ten are partners. They are partners on the Big Ten network. So Fox is going to get the A game, Big Ten noon kickoff, big noon kickoff, will be uh, the lead game on Fox every week. CBS is going to get the number two game at 3.30, which, where's the SEC going? I haven't kept track of the SEC, 
But that's been the SEC slot. Maybe they're moving them up to noon. I don't know. Maybe they're putting them on at night. I don't know. But that's interesting to me that CBS is going to run the second Big Ten game at 3.30, and then NBC is going to run a game at night. The third best Big Ten game is going to run at night? I mean, if you're NBC, wouldn't you rather run Notre Dame at night? Ah, I mentioned Notre Dame. NBC becoming a partner of the Big Ten obviously helps them in their recruitment of Notre Dame. Now, what will be interesting is, will the Big Ten put up with an uneven distribution of income if NBC, citing its long-standing relationship with Notre Dame, if NBC says, yeah, we'll pay $50 million a year to televise Big Ten football, but we would like... $20 $20 million of that to go to Notre Dame, and then the rest of you guys have divided the remaining $30 million. Now, I'm off on the numbers, of course, but will the Big Ten go for that in order to get Notre Dame as a member? Don't know. Don't know. But it wouldn't put it past Notre Dame to insist on that or NBC to insist on that because NBC's in kind of a precarious position here as NBC is trying to preserve its relationship with Notre Dame and also build a relationship with the Big Ten. All right, reminder, coffee, you love it, you need it, you want it. The best you'll find is Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, go to their website, check out the videos on the site. I'll tell you why their coffee is great. Because it comes from coffee-rich areas around the world. Ethiopia, Thailand, Nicaragua, Indonesia, and other Foreign nations, where where Paul and Grace know or have been missionaries, and they have fostered relationships with coffee farmers, and they find, because they're discerning buyers, the world's best coffee, and they make it available to you. These are small growers, and their products would just be lopped in with a bunch of other coffee beans from those countries and then sold to a big conglomerate via a middleman. The farmer would get cheated. The coffee wouldn't be as good because it would be corrupted by some other coffee from a different plantation. But Hemisphere buys small quantities and roasts it themselves or sends you the beans so you can grind it yourself. Hemisphere will send it to you in light, medium, or dark roast, whole bean, K-cup, however you want it. They'll send it to you, and they'll give you... 15% 15% off when you use the promo code we tackle life in all caps. We tackle life in all caps at hemispherecoffeeroasters.com. Phenomenal coffee, phenomenal mission. So make it happen at hemispherecoffeeroasters.com. All right, we have a little bit of drama with the Cleveland Browns. Besides the fact that they traded Baker Mayfield, and besides the fact that Deshaun Watson's status is up in the air because the NFL's not happy with a six-game suspension that the supposedly uh, independent arbitrator came up with. Roger Goodell is going to appeal that. (laughs) Roger Goodell took all kinds of criticism because he was judge, jury, and executioner on the NFL discipline. And then he supposedly ceded that to the independent arbitrator, except he retained the right of last refusal. And the NFL doesn't think that Deshaun Watson got a stiff enough penalty. So the NFL is going to appeal to somebody else that the NFL will name. And if Deshaun Watson appeals, the NFL's appeal, then then Roger Goodell can decide it. 
or the guy Roger Goodell appoints can decide it. So did things really change? Is Roger Goodell not still the guy with last right of refusal? I think he is. Uh, I don't have a clue if Deshaun Watson should be suspended more than six games. It's all appearances at this point in time. Six doesn't seem like enough, so he's going to sit out more than six. He's not found guilty in court. Is anybody uncomfortable with the idea of a guy who didn't commit enough crimes to be indicted being suspended for, don't forget, one season plus whatever he gets now because he didn't play last year. He wasn't technically suspended, but he was not able to play last year. Is he going to be the same quarterback when he comes back? Hmm, don't know. We'll find out. But the other drama with the Browns is that Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, running back, now wants to be traded. Uh, you kind of knew this was coming when Kareem Hunt was playing on the bargain contract plan with the Browns because he had a very ugly domestic violence situation and the Chiefs released him. Why would they release the NFL's leading rusher? Because he had a very ugly domestic violence situation. And so they got rid of him, and the Browns took him, and the Browns benefited from the bargain rate of Kareem Hunt. Now Kareem Hunt, who's under contract for $6.2 million this year, he's like, hey, hey, I want to be paid more. You paid Nick Chubb more. You paid Denzel Ward more. You pay Joel Batonio more. Pay me more. Hmm. Well, at least he's practicing, and he's not holding out. But I'm not surprised Kareem Hunt is doing that. Here's the thing. You're under contract, Kareem Hunt. Shouldn't have signed the deal if you didn't want to perform to the deal specification. So I'm very much one to say, play out your contract. Do what you can do after that. But while you're under contract, unless somebody forged your name, you should play under the terms of that contract. Uh, the other news in the NFL in the state of Ohio is that the Cincinnati Bengals are about to no longer be one of three teams in the NFL that does not have a corporate name on its stadium. Bye bye Paul Brown Stadium. Hello, Paycor Stadium. Paycor Stadium. Okay, I don't know how much change the Bengals got, but if the Bengals got enough cash and change to keep, say, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon, any of the players that helped him get to the Super Bowl last year, then it's probably a pretty good deal. So, Paycor, which is a Cincinnati company that helps people with, guess what, pay, payroll, Paycor will be the new corporate sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, speaking of helping businesses, Clarity HR does that. ClarityHR.com. Go to their site. If you own a business and you employ people, then you are subject to human uh, resources jackpots. Human resources jackpots. There are all kinds of regulations on how you have to steward the health information of your employees the private information of the employees. There are all kinds of things you can say and things you can't say. And those things sometimes change on a weekly or monthly basis. Are you going to whatever .gov website, state of Ohio, federal, to keep track of those things? Or are you busy ordering and dealing with inflation and trying to hire people or trying to keep people? My guess is, as a business owner, you're pulled in a million directions, and HR is not one of those directions that you prioritize until it becomes a jackpot, and you say, man, I wish I had taken care of this. Well, that's where ClarityHR.com comes in because they do an HR audit of your business, and they bulletproof you against trouble before the trouble arrives, and they give you HR training, 
and they have a dedicated HR specialist that talks only to you 12 hours a year. That's one hour a month. Typically, most small businesses don't have issues that require that much time, but isn't it nice to know that if you do, you have that person on speed dial and you can get to them. And no, they're not in California and they're not in Montana. They're not on some offshore location. You will be able to understand them because they are located right here in Ohio and they have Ohio values and an understanding of Ohio rules and regulations. And you say, well, uh, how much is it going to cost me, Bruce? Well, here's the deal. It's going to cost you less than $100 a month, which is less than $1,200 a year, which averages out to less than $25 per week, which averages out to just a little more than $3 a day. Would you pay $3 a day? to preserve the health of your business and keep you out of a jackpot? Are you paying more than $3 a day for a coffee or for a sandwich? So is your business more important to you than that? The people who work for you, the people that allow you to pay your bills and them to pay their bills? I would hope so. Invest the money, clarityhr.com. A great, great help to you business owners out there, clarityhr.com. All right, a little news on the positive side for Buckeye basketball, they returned from the Bahamas with two wins. I don't know how good the Egyptian national team and Puerto Rican national teams were, but I know it's better to beat them than lose to them. And the games were close. They were not blowouts, and Ohio State certainly does not have its rotation down yet with the new freshman coming in. The freshman, Bruce Thornton, looked good. Bryce Sensabaugh looked good. Roddy Gale looked good. Uh, so that's positive. But the most positive news is Ohio State basketball is crushing it on the summer recruiting trail. Devin Royal, uh, outstanding player out of uh, Pickerington. Man, Devin Royal was super good in the state title game against Centerville, was the best player on the floor, and that's saying something because Gabe Cups was on the floor and Sonny Styles was on the floor. Devin Royal was the best player on the floor, and Devin Royal had 20 points in that game, 8 of 12 from the field. Devin Royal has cast his lot with the Buckeyes. He is, I would say, an E.J. Liddell-type player. Maybe not as much of a shot blocker, jumper, rebounder as E.J. Liddell, but he's like a thick, low-post, trending-to-the-outside wing. Then Ohio State picked up the uh, verbal commitment of Scotty Middleton, who is a... um, kid who's been all over, played on what some said was the best high school team in the country last year. He's a 6'6 wing, but Scotty Middleton is more of a Malachi Branham type, more of a slasher type wing. So you're going to throw the ball on the wing to Devin Royal. He's going to rise up and hit a 17-footer, or he's going to go around you and use his strength to get to the basket. Scotty Middleton's going to hit that three, drive the hoop dunk over you, slash into traffic, pull up and hit that floater like Malachi Branham did so many times last year. So Scotty Middleton, they're not going to be here, obviously, this year, but they're going to be in the class next year. And uh, Chris Holtman, wow, great job by Chris Holtman. He is crushing it out there on the recruiting trail. Buckeyes are the third, number three class in the country for 2023 with Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal, George Washington III, who's going to play at Chaminade Julienne in Dayton this fall, and Austin Parks, the 6'10"-ish or 11-ish center from St. Mary's Memorial High School in St. Mary's. So you got the Ohio guys you got to get, except there's one more to get, one more to get, 
and that is six foot seven inch Dalen Swain from Afrocentric. He's the last piece of the puzzle. Outstanding point guard, slasher, great passer, sees the floor, intuitive player. Saw Dalen Swain in the uh, state final four last year. Super impressed with him. Uh, I definitely want Dalen Swain to be an Ohio State Buckeye, and he and Devin Royal were all Ohio Red teammates, as with as was George Washington the third. So I would expect Dalen Swain at some point in time. Hopefully, Dalen will cast his lot with Ohio State, and Chris Holtman's uh, outstanding 2023 class will be complete. Uh, you are not complete until you are bulletproofed against legal uh, indemnity. You need a great attorney. The attorney you need is Willis Spangler Starling. They're my attorney. Would I settle for second rate? No, I would not. Willis Spangler Starling can handle personal injury, wills estate planning, social security disability, workers' compensation. They're outstanding. Check them out on the web at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. You will not be sorry. They are located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. They are expanding. I was in their offices just the other day, recorded a podcast uh, with Stan Willis, one of the partners, uh, where we converse the law and how it intersects with faith and what that should mean for us in terms of how we behave toward others. Check that out on the Willis Spangler Starling website at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. So in the faith portion of the podcast today, I wanted to talk a little bit about morality. And morality is one of those subjects that people get nervous about when you talk about it because it feels to people like it's uncomfortable because we're going to talk about, you know, sexual things or it's uncomfortable because we have to talk about our failings. And in today's culture, um, where the um, lifestyles of people uh, who are members of the LGBTQ movement are celebrated and glorified, any discussion around morality is uh, a, an easy way to get you labeled a bigot, a prude, hateful, fill in the blank on any adjective you want. But I have for the past several years uh, spent my mornings reading a chapter of Proverbs a day that corresponds to the date of the month. So today is August the 10th, and so I read Proverbs 10. And a verse jumped out at me in Proverbs 10 that uh, underscored the theme of morality. And I remember one time reading Proverbs, and there was a footnote about um, being a fool. And I looked at uh, the, the footnote, expecting the footnote to direct me to something about um, lack of intelligence. A fool is someone who lacks intelligence. But what the footnote told me is that when the Bible talks about being a fool... It talks about someone who engages in immorality. So if God thinks that people who are immoral are fools, my takeaway from that is that he is looking at us saying, look, I gave you clear instruction on how to live a moral life for your own good, as well as the good of those around you, to be at peace with me, to not have the call that I've placed upon every human heart to be something that works against your conscience as you stray outside the bounds that I've established for you, 
And so if you go against that, you are a fool because I, I'm telling you how to live your life for your own good and you're not paying attention and you're rebelling against it. And there are many different outcomes forecast in Proverbs for a fool, many different things said about a fool. And I've noticed over the past several weeks with the talk about the monkeypox outbreak in a country, it's such an easy fix to get monkeypox under control. It predominantly affects gay men. And so if gay men would for a while, I mean, obviously I'd prefer they forever uh, abstain from multiple partner uh, immoral acts, but if they would for just a while, they could get this thing under control. But of course that's hateful and awful and terrible. And let me just say that it's very easy for someone who's not tempted by homosexuality to talk about um, that being an immoral lifestyle. It is also an immoral lifestyle to cheat on your wife, uh, whether it's physical or mental. It is also easy to uh, engage in sex outside of marriage, which is immoral, according to the Bible. And here's the thing that I know about that, is that every time we go against God's stipulation on morality, we are cheapening and taking away from morality when it is practiced according to his terms. Because those images that land in people's heads for those kinds of actions are things that stick in the human mind and can come between a faithful husband and a faithful wife in marriage and I think uh, can detract from the quality of a marriage. And so it's uh, very depressing to me to see the way that we uh, accommodate, celebrate um, immorality in our culture. And so this is a call to morality. This is a call to uh, doing things the way God says. It's a form of submission, right? It is submission. Uh, God says, Paul says in the Bible, to offer your body, your body as a living sacrifice. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Well, offering your body as a living sacrifice doesn't mean you throw yourself on an altar and burn yourself to death. It means that with everything that you do with your body, that it is something that glorifies God. And clearly, immorality does not glorify God because it destroys the body, the psychology, the mindset that he gave you. And so I know this podcast goes out to a lot of men, and I know that it's probably a very easy thing for uh, men to look at things that they would not be tempted by as an immoral act, but things that they engage in as harmless or whatever, uh, pornography is immorality. Pornography is cheating on your wife. Pornography is uh, taking someone who should not be at that place in your mind into your mind and substituting them for your wife. So, um, you know, I just thought it was something that I needed to talk about on the podcast. Because when we live our life in accordance with God's word, it is beautiful on multiple levels. It is beautiful um, in our relationship with him. Uh, it is beautiful in our relationship to others. And there are certain things that he has reserved for only one other person in our lives. 
And when we go to seek things outside of his will in our life, we are going to venture into various dangerous and damaging territory. And so to the extent that you might be facing a temptation or might be engaging and uh, engaging in a temptation, I would tell you to stop. Not because I think I'm better than you, not because I haven't been tempted by and in some instances perhaps even submitted to that temptation, but because it's not good for you, not glorifying to God. And if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, I assume that those two things matter to you. Uh, as they matter to me. The beauty of the Christian life is that our failures are wiped away and forgiven and we are cleansed and exonerated of those things. We're not held accountable for them. We hold on to them longer than God does. He sent his son to die for those sins we commit. And so there's always forgiveness and restoration from them. But for people who separate out certain behaviors and say, well, this is the modern times and God didn't think of this and it makes me happy and I'm going to engage in it because this is an area of my life that I will not submit to God's word on because it doesn't make sense to me and why would he inspire these feelings in me for someone else? Those are all such hollow justifications for just what is rampant, bald-faced, willful disobedience. That's the truth. That's the truth. So do not be a fool. Do not engage in activities, thoughts, practices, temptations that separate you from what you know in your heart is what God is calling you to do. So I hope that emboldens you to face your things in your life that you know are not right. And um, trust me, on the other side of that, there's great peace with God. Because look, he wants a relationship with you. He sent his son to have a relationship with you. And if you think that your ability, uh, what you've done is too far beyond what God's intended for you, like what you're basically saying is that, you know, Jesus, I know that you came and died uh, for for this, that, and the other, but you can't co- you can't possibly cover what I've done. Like, you're doubting the redemptive miracle of the cross? Really? Come on. You know better than that. So, make a break. Whether it's in mind or in body, make a break. Do things the right way. There is great, great reward. Here, now, and beyond later in obedience along moral lines. As uh, Jesus said in Matthew about the guy who built his house on a rock and a guy who built his house on the sand. Person who listens to me, hears my words, and puts them into practice. He's like the guy who built his house on the rock. The winds came, buffeted the house, the waters rose, and the house stood firm. But the person who hears what I say and does not put it into practice is what? The foolish man who built his house on the sand, The winds came, the waters rose, and the house was destroyed. None of us want that in our life. We know how to avoid it, so go do it. Access the Holy Spirit's power, pray for strength, pray for deliverance, make it happen, because there's great joy in obeying God and in not being a fool.